0: All right, guys, y'all ready for the word? We uh, we have a tradition, if, if anything, we have a tradition at this church uh, where we have some Christmas messages that that we teach um, leading up to Christmas, kind of get our mind thought. It, it, it helps sometimes if, um, if you're going to a family member's house or if you're going to a Bible study, you know, you can kind of throw these things out there and say, hey, what about this? Right? And they're like, most of the time they're going to be like, whoa, you know, didn't think about that. So, uh, this is one of my favorite Christmas messages that uh, that we get to preach on uh, and teach. Uh, it's a lot of historical stuff. Uh, Alfred Aderschein has a book. He's a Jewish historian that I got a lot of stuff out of that. Um, just the customs and the times of Jesus when he was around. And it's really eye-opening to see. I, has anybody seen that book? Do you, you have it? Miss Debbie, did you did you ever order it? Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful uh, backstory to all the stuff that was going on back in the day of Jesus. Um, it's all historical facts, actually. It's pretty cool. But anyway, we're going to get into that a little bit, and uh, we're going to talk about two signs of Christmas, right? Two signs of Christmas, uh, and and we'll see what the Lord has to has to say it through his word today. Will you pray with me, Father? We thank you for your word. We thank you that it is always on time. Thank you, Father, for for it being always true and accurate. Thank you for using me as a vessel, speaking through me, teaching people how much you love them. And we thank you for your son, Jesus, and his great, his great love. No one will ever love us like
1: you do. Thank you for that love in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. So as I said earlier, uh, love is is not really love unless you give it to somebody. Amen. You got to give it. Uh, that's what the, the definition is in the Bible. It says that for God so loved the world, so loved the world. You can put yourself there. The world there is cosmos. It's it's the world. He loved the world, everybody in it. Amen. He loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So. That's how much God loves you. There there was a problem back in the day where there was this sin problem, right? Adam was perfectly loved in the garden, but he sinned. And after he sinned, well, now everybody is uh, is a sinner um, after Adam got kicked out. That's because that's how powerful, what Adam did, that's how powerful it was. It affected everybody. Yes, do you agree with that? And that's what makes it even more powerful what Jesus did, the second Adam, right? Sometimes we think that our sin still stops us from the blessings of God, but that's not true because if that's true, then what you're saying is what Adam did was stronger than what Jesus did in redeeming us. That just doesn't make any sense, right? Sometimes you got to step back from religion and say, whoa, that's dumb, right? You don't have to receive it just because there's a guy up there banging a pulpit. Amen? Amen. Now, I would appreciate if you trusted me that I did some backstory and stuff, right? Some of the stuff I say you probably shouldn't repeat, but that's like personal stuff, right? But when I speak like this, man, I'm telling you, I research it. I love it. I love diving into the word and and just seeing Jesus in there. I I look for Jesus. I'm like, Lord, show me where Jesus is in this scripture. Amen? Because in him, we have life. So in the Christmas story, there is no difference. We, we got to understand that that we can see Jesus in all those Old Testament stories. We can find Jesus, and we can we can we can uh, make a message or, or get a message out of it about Christmas. It's really about the finished work of Jesus. Everything is about the finished work of Jesus. Even Christmas is about the finished work of Jesus. Why did Jesus come? What was the reason that he came to this earth? He actually tells us, right? The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, not death, life, life, and that they may have it more abundantly. That's why Christ came. That's the reason he came to this earth, so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. And when, whenever you think about it, and see where it says the thief? That's talking about the enemy, right? The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But, but sometimes we want to put God in that. Like God is coming to destroy. Why, you know, God took my mama home. I mean, there's power in your words. It, it, did God take my mama home? Was my mom ready to go home? She had suffered enough. She was ready to go. It, it's not that God goes around killing people. And that's, sometimes that's the way it comes from the pulpit. You gotta watch out. Gotta get you. You better get right because God might get you. That's a beautiful portrait of God. <laughs> that is horrible, wouldn't you say? It's like you're always dodging light uh, light bulbs, lightning bolts. <laughs> if you're dodging light bulbs, it's because you didn't screw them in properly. <laughs> you're always dodging lightning bolts, man. It's like man. Whew. I dodged that one, right? Man, God is not out to destroy you. That, and God doesn't give you cancer to teach you a lesson. He doesn't give you diseases to teach you a lesson. He doesn't cause accidents to teach you a lesson. He is not the destroyer. He puts things back together. That's what he does. And just like this, there was this sin problem, right? So, so God hates sin, but he loves the sinner. So he had, there had to be something. There had to be something, right? And so this is why I put God hates sin but loves you. Would you agree? Right? So his solution was Christmas. Christmas. Jesus was born to die. He, it's like if you, if you had a close relative who had cancer, right? And you, you, you love the person that has the cancer, but you hate the cancer. That's what. That's how God feels about us. He loves us, but he hates the sin. Because he knows what the sin does to us. Amen? He loves you, but he hates sin. And most people want to focus on the fact that he hates sin. And they try to make you feel like God hates you. He doesn't hate you. He hates the sin, but he loves you. And the emphasis should be on the fact that he loves you. And that he made a way. He made a way. His solution was Christmas. Christ came. He was was born, but he was born to die. The whole reason for him coming here was to shed his blood. That is the whole reason. Check this out. John, John saw this one day, right? The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who what? Takes away the sin of the church, of the Christian Of the believer? No. Of the world. The whole world's sin has been taken away. They just don't know who did it. And there's a lot of Christians that don't know why he did it. But I'm here to tell you that he did it. It's done. The Lamb of God took away the sin of the world. That's why he came. He's the only one that could do it. He took it away. He's not going to take it away. He took it away. For for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. He put all of our sin on Jesus. All of it. Every single bit of the world's sin was put on Jesus. He made him who knew no sin. Why? So that we can become the righteousness of God. Right now where I stand, I am righteous in the eyes of God. Because of the blood. Not because of me, but because of Jesus. Amen? So, let's go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 is the Christmas story. Right? It's the Christmas story. The, it, it's it's uh, it's There's so much in there. And you guys, man, I know you three or four years in a row you've heard this. But it is. would you agree that it's kind of cool to see God working in the back story? Like the, the part you don't just, it, it, it's not like, sometimes it's not, it doesn't jump off the page at you. But when somebody points you in that direction, you're like, wow, that's awesome, right? So look at this. Now there were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were greatly afraid. That that seems to be the natural reaction when the glory of the, the Lord shows up. Like when an angel showed up, everybody fell on their face scared, afraid. But the first thing that they always say is what? Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring to you good tidings. That's good news. Good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. Good news. What's good news back in their day? Good news. What's good news in our day? Good news is that, hey, you don't have to do things in order to be accepted by God anymore. What if I told you that? What if I told you? What if I told you? You already see the ESPN thing? Yeah, me neither. What if I told you that you would no longer have to keep the commandments, all that God commands, and you could be righteous? Because back then, man, I'm telling you, they'd have been like, I would say you're a heretic. I would say you don't know what you're talking about. I'd say that you need to stop saying that. Now you know what Paul went through. Now now you know what Stephen went through. And now you know what Jesus went through. Because there's a lot of religious people saying, hey, you need to stop saying that. But that's what the good news is. It was something different. The good news. And And what does it do? It brings great joy. Aren't you glad? Don't you have joy that you don't have to work your way to heaven? That you don't have to work your way into being accepted by God anymore? Jesus did that for you. That brings joy, all right? And it will be for all the people, not just for the Jews, but for everybody, all right? For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. Say a Savior. Most people want to make you think that he's a judge. There's born to you this day a judge. Let me tell you something. He's a Savior. He's not out to judge you. Hey, God's going to judge you one day. No, God, God put all your judgment on Jesus. What is he he going to save you from? Is he going to save you from your sin? Think about that. If he's going to save you from your sin, then we should all not be sinning anymore because he saved us. That can't be it. You know what he saved you from? The noun part of sin. Remember we talked about that? He saved you from the punishment of sin, the penalty of sin, the judgment of sin. That's what he saved you from. And aren't you glad? Because you're still going to mess up doesn't stop you from being judged righteous. That's that's what he did. He's a Savior. Who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the? Ding. You know the bright sign that way? That men don't read? <laughs> I'm just joking. Oh, Lord. Where was I? Oh, I was at Publix. And I'm like trying to get ice out of the machine in the deli. And this is in Alachua. And I go up to the, the deli because they're out of ice. I'm like, hey, um, there's no ice in the machine. Can you can you get me some ice or something? She goes, Did you read the sign? I was like. I was, and the girl knew me. It was uh Cynthia's sister. And she she's like, Did you read the sign, Troy? And first of all, I was trying to figure out where I knew her from. I'm like, God, please don't let this be one of those times. But the sign said at order. And I said that's funny, you know I'm a guy, and she goes, yeah, I know, it's usually the guys that are coming up asking us, can they get some ice, (laughs) so y'all feel me, I don't know why I had to tell that story, but sometimes I don't see signs, right, even though they're right in front of me, all right, and this will be, be glad it's saying, signs, signs, everywhere The signs, y'all know that song? (laughs) <laughs> and this will be the sign to you you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger a bed wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger now what is a manger you guys know that have been here a while right so this is the actual picture of solomon's stables right Magito. Mag- magado Magito whatever so that's a manger you know what that manger is used for it's used to put hay in right for the Animals to feed on. It's a feeding trough, is what it is. And it's made out of stone. It's hewned out, right? You guys know that? You see that? We were here last year. That's actually, so when you go to the mall and you see the little wooden thing, you're like, that's fake. And they're like, what you mean? It's a manger. No, that's fake, bro. And then you Google it and say, that's the manger. And then they got to go out and find a rock. Or you could do it for them, just replace it. They'd be like, What are you doing, man? I'm just replacing the real manger with the fake getting that rid of that fake manger. If you do that, you're the type of person that goes up and tells the Santa Claus in the mall that he's not. <laughs> but he is. Whew, that's a touchy thing to do right there, boy. Let me just tell you the amount of pressure I just felt. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> And thankful for Jesus. So that's the stable. Now this is the tomb where Jesus was laid, right? So if you there's other pictures that you can Google, but you can see where it's been broken right here. But it was broken because Jesus they had to make it bigger because Jesus was taller than than uh, Joseph of Arimathea, Ar- right? That, did I say that right? Yeah. So so you can see where. The tomb actually looks like this, the manger. So so he was he was born, this is where we, people say he was born to die. Are you with me? All right. Um, if you go back, it says, and this will be the sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So they would put Jesus in this manger, this feeding trough. Are you hearing me? What happens when you feed on Jesus? What do you have? Life. Life. He was born to die, but what part are we to focus on? He was born, what part are we to feed on? Are we going to feed on the fact that he was born? Are we going to feed on the fact that he died? And because of that, because he paid the price for everything that we would ever do, he paid it. Now we can have life and life more abundantly. Which one do you want to focus more on? You want to focus on the fact that the work is finished. We focus on the finished work. He was born to die. The reason he was born was to die. Right? And we can feed off of him. Jesus even said that. He who eats from me will find life. Amen, church? So yeah, we feed on Jesus. But what part of Jesus? Do we feed on Jesus when he was on earth? No. there's no, There's no real power in that. The power comes from the when he died, he even conquered death. Like death was an enemy of God and, and Jesus defeated it. That's the power that we focus on, the power in the blood of Jesus. Amen? Whoo! So feed on the finished work of Jesus. That's what I, Is that on the back of your bulletin? That's something that we should always do. Don't just say, I'm just going to focus on the letters in red. You would have a problem if you did that. First of all, Jesus wrote the whole Bible. You'd be missing out on some stuff. Yeah? And, and the letters in red, yeah, Jesus said those things, but but he was, he was, he had not gone to the cross yet. He was still under law, the Bible says. He was born under the law, lived under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. So everything he did when he was alive, he was under law. But when he died on the cross, that's when everything changed. Jesus before the cross said. Uh, forgive one another so that your Father in heaven will forgive you. In other words, if you didn't forgive somebody, God wouldn't forgive you. But after the cross, Paul says the same thing, but a little twist. He says, forgiving one another as you have been forgiven by your Father in heaven. There's been a change. You know what the change was? It was the cross. I mean, the cross literally changed everything. So don't just say Jesus said this. But whenever somebody says that to me, I'm saying, was that before the cross or after the cross? Because that's going to make a difference. Amen? Woo! Back to Luke. So, it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. You You guys know what Mary's name means? Hebrew it it means their rebellion I'm like man that I'd be like can I have another name (laughs) their rebellion you guys know what Joseph means Joseph means God has added God has added but if you read it like this in their rebellion our rebellion God has added the babe lying in the manger. Yet, while we were still sinning, God sent Jesus. You see that? Isn't that cool? I'm like, why is Mary's name their rebellion? Well, when you see that kind of stuff, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Right? Because in spite of our rebellion, God added Jesus. The only one that could take it away. That's good news. Right? But anyway, that's a side note. Uh, So, How did the shepherds know where the manger was? Because the angel said, hey, go find a babe. But do you guys know that back in those times that mangers were like garages? Everybody had a manger. Everybody did. Because they all rode around on what? Donkeys, right? And and so they all had mangers. So how did the shepherds know exactly where the manger was? It's not like it's it's the size of Fort White or High Springs, or Latula, not to offend anybody, right? It's Jerusalem. How'd they know exactly where to go in that city? And how'd they get there so fast? So there were thousands, literally thousands of mangers in that city. You can find all this in that uh, Jewish Customs of Jesus book that I was telling you about. Um, If you go to Micah 5, chapter 5, verse 2, this is the prophecy. But you, Bethlehem Ephrata. Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one, to to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from of old, from everlasting. That means Jesus has always been around. From old to everlasting, Jesus has always been there. But where would Jesus be born? Bethlehem, Ephrata, right? Bethlehem is house of bread. Ephrata is fruitfulness. Both of those things are Jesus. He's the bread of life and he's very fruitful. Amen? Very fruitful. So they knew from prophecy that Bethlehem, Ephrata would be the one. There were two Bethlehems back in the day, by the way. That's why it says Bethlehem, Ephrata. 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 Now, where in Bethlehem? Like we knew, even the angels said in Bethlehem, the city of David, right? They knew in Bethlehem, but where exactly in Bethlehem and what manger are we talking about? Well, that's when you go back to Micah four eight. You guys remember this? Isn't it awesome? And you, O tower of the flock, say tower of the flock. Now, when I used to read that, I thought that meant that was like a A people population, right? They were called Tower of the Flock. But that's actually a place. That is a place. It's not a people group. It's a place. Tower of the Flock. The stronghold of the daughter of Zion. To you shall it come. Even the former dominion shall come. The kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. The kingdom. That means Jesus was going to be born king. Kingdom, right? You see that? Tower of the Flock. What is the Tower of the Flock? If you look at it in the original Hebrew, you'll see it's called McDell. See the the tower McDell Adair. Adair is flock. See it, McDell Adair. You can Google it; it'll pop up pictures of it. But you don't have to. I got one for you. There it is. Boom. That's the tower of the flock. Okay, parts of it are still standing today. Um, it goes all the way back to Rachel when Rachel died. The tower of the flock. It's in Genesis. But that is where they would keep lookout up there on the tower. But that, according to Eldershine, the one I was telling you about, is um, is where they kept the sacrificial lambs. They kept all the sacrificial lambs at the tower, at Migdel Adair, right? And what they would do is if a lamb was born, because they had to be what? Perfect, spotless. What they would do is they would wrap those baby lambs in swaddling clothes and put them in the feeding troughs, so they couldn't get out and run around and get scratched. You with me? That that's in the Jewish custom book. That 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 was where the Tower of the Flock, McDell Eder, is where they kept all the sacrificial lambs, right? And that's why in Micah it told us that's where Jesus would be born in the Tower of the Flock. So go to Genesis 35 with me. It says so Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrathah, which is Bethlehem. Bethlehem Ephrathah, right? And Jacob set a pillar on her grave. Who, who set a pillar on her grave? Jacob. Say Jacob. Jacob, which is the pillar of Rachel's grave to this day. Then Israel journeyed and pitched his tent beyond the Tower of Adair. Now, who's who's Israel? It's Jacob. There's been a name change. You see it says, it says, Jacob set the pillar on the grave, but then it says, then Israel journeyed and pitched his tent. Whenever there's a name change in the Bible, something important is about to happen. Do you remember Peter's name change? Remember Paul's name change?
1: Mary's didn't. I was going to say Peter or oh, Mary.
0: I knew that that back row would laugh. <laughs> but I know it. I know it. But there's been a name change. What, what, what's the big deal about the name change? Well, Israel then journeyed after he buried, and, and you guys, you can Google this, Rachel's tomb. It's still right outside of, of, of Israel, of, of Bethlehem. It's still there. It's a tomb. It's Rachel's tomb. And, and it's still right outside of Bethlehem. And then Israel journeyed and pitched his tent beyond the Tower of Adair. The Tower of Adair is right outside of Bethlehem. For, uh, oh, so, so if you go back, If you go back and read, for there is born to you this day in the city of of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. What was the sign to the shepherds? You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. There was only one place where that happened, and that's where they kept the sacrificial lamb. So they knew exactly where to go. And they went there with haste, and they found him. They found Jesus wrapped in swaddling clothes. You know why? Because he is the Lamb of God. The true Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, and He was found in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. It wasn't like we wrap them up babies up today. Why do we wrap babies up today? To calm them, right? Calm them. And now you can buy a blanket for adults that weighs 150 pounds to lay on top of you for three hundred dollars, so you can be calm. That would not make me calm. I'd I'd feel pinned, and I'd fight somebody. (laughs) like get this thing off me I don't have any idea where I was going with that but a baby is wrapped in swaddling clothes to calm them so what do we think in our human terms that's what they must have meant when Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes no he was wrapped in swaddling clothes yes to calm him but also it's a it's it's a picture of where they put all the sacrificial lambs you understand what I'm saying alright let's move on uh Here's the second sign. It's found in Isaiah 7.14. Therefore, the Lord Himself, Himself, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall con- conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. He meant you well. Emmanuel, he meant you well. Okay, we won't use that one anymore. <laughs> But a virgin, why a virgin? Why would Jesus have to be born of a virgin? Well, this is why, this is, this is the big reason why. Ooh, what did I do? And then I went, there it is. All right, I went too far. The baby doesn't receive one drop of the mother's blood. Why is that important? That still happens today. They just found this out about a hundred years ago. That the baby, you know, there's four different types of bloods. Yes? You can't mix some of them, correct? Because you get that coagulation. Say coagulation. That's how I used to go in and detail my doctors. Be like, Doc, we don't like when the blood coagulates. I got something to help with that, to thin it out a little bit. Y'all laugh, but I went on a lot of trips. (laughs) But isn't it funny that God knew this long ago? God knew this long ago. We just found out a 100, hey, the world is catching up to the Bible. There's not one thing in the Bible that's ever been disproven. There's things that are suggested that are still out there, but everything that's been proven is in the Bible. Even Job talks about the circle of the earth. (laughs) There were people afraid that the earth was flat. All they had to do was read Job. It's the oldest book in the Bible. Amen. So, so the Bible's never been proven wrong. They're still the world is still catching up to them. So, so when God knew that 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 Jesus could not like Adam was perfect, but the moment sin came in, he was tainted. He could never do what Jesus did ever. Right? You remember when Abraham and Isaac went up the mountain and and, and Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac? God would never have let that happen because Isaac's blood is tainted. He couldn't do it. He was just testing Abraham. But not one part of Isaac could have saved anybody because his blood was tainted. The father determined the blood, Adam. Adam's blood ran and was passed on. The sinful, tainted blood of Adam. That's why Jesus had to be born of a virgin because his father's blood is perfect. Amen? Not one ounce of the mother's blood goes into the baby. The nutrients, the carbohydrates, all that, it comes from the mom. But the blood is determined by the father, right? Isn't that amazing? So that's why Jesus is the only one that could do it. That's why when it says, for he made him who do no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteous of God in him. The, the reason that happened is because Jesus was perfect. He was not just perfect in nature. He was perfect on the inside. His blood was perfect. His blood was, even those that lamb blood from the past, the bulls and the goats and the lambs, those sacrifices didn't work because every year there's a reminder of sin. They worked for one year, Yom Kippur, one year. That, that animal, the priest would look at that animal, inspect that animal, and then kill that animal, and for one year, that animal would suffice. But now, that's why John looked and said, here comes the real Lamb of God, who doesn't just cover sin for a year, he takes it away. Amen? That, that and It's because he had perfect blood. That's why the virgin sign is such a big deal. Now, if you were Joseph, and you found out your fiancé, is pregnant, it take it would take an angel to show up in your room and say, look, man, we got this. Because you would be like, you ever read the Bible like that? <laughs> put yourself in their shoes. There's some you don't want to put yourself in. You're like, no, nah, I don't want nothing to do with that one. I want to go to the one where Mary's serving Jesus. Jesus was born to die. And at this Christmas season, when you're with your family and your friends and you're talking about Christmas and, and the meaning of Christmas, the reason for Christmas, the season of love, man, you got you to you know in the back of your mind, hey, Jesus was born to die. That's why he came. He came, he, he came to die, but he came to give us life. He took your death so you could have life. And not just little life, life more abundantly. Amen? That's the whole reason for Christmas. That's God's solution to your sin problem. He sent Jesus. Last thing, Revelation one five, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth to him who loved us and washed us from our sins. Where? In his own blood. His own blood. That's why he had to be born of a virgin. Because it was only his blood That can wash our sins away. And I love that it says washed. Past tense means something, right? It means something. It means all of our sins have been washed. God loves us so much that he didn't just overlook our sin and say, oh man, they're just human. They're going to mess up. No, he paid for our sin. All of our sin was put on Jesus at the cross. All of it. All of it. that's why it got dark. That's why there was thunder. That's why people were freaking out. God turned his back on Jesus. The only time in the history of the world where one man was 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 denied by hell, by earth, and by heaven. And he did it. Do you guys think that Jesus could have come off that cross if he wanted to? But he chose not to. He chose not to. And by the way, he's not on it anymore. That empty tomb you saw—it was empty. Amen. That, but that's Easter. We can get in that in a couple months. <laughs> oh, look at this. Uh, Romans five nine. Much more. Say much more. Isn't that a good thing when somebody says much more? Right? I remember t- when I first met Kelly. I'm like, "There's much more to this, baby." She goes, oh, I want to find it all out right now. I said, it's going to take years. Is that how it went down? Can we get back to Scripture now, Kelly? Why is everything I to be about you? Much more than having now, say now, now been what? Justified. That's past tense. You Right now, in Christ, you are justified. doesn't matter what you've done. Do you feel like you've done some bad things in your life? Yeah? I want you to look at this. You are justified. Say I'm justified. You are justified. How about you, man? You're justified? You're justified. Jay, you justified? You're probably more justified than anybody in this room. Jay is the sweetest man you'll ever meet, right? We're justified. That's what you, you got to know that. You got to know that you have been justified. See, now having been justified. By what? His blood. His blood. Justified. You know how people used to think they, they needed to be healed? It's called bloodletting back in the day. They, if you had something going on, you got a fever or something, they would cut you so that your blood would come out. They, looking back, you're like, they were idiots. But that's that's all they knew. All they had to do was read the Bible. The Bible says that blood is the life force of the flesh. And so if you let it out... George Washington got—he got sick. He woke up one morning with a with a sore throat. He went home, lay down, had a fever. Guess what the doctors did? Oh, let's cut you. When when I was uh, when I was in tenth uh, grade and I had a problem, I mean I had a lot of problems. Y'all are like you still do. But I did some activities that I shouldn't have done. And, and and I and I did it because I I wanted to feel a release, so I'm not banging on those guys for thinking that's the way to go. It's just human nature is sick sometimes. Amen. We we think that that's the the, the cure when it's the worst thing you could do. But this says that we are justified by His blood. It doesn't say by your actions. It says by His blood you are justified. We shall be saved. Right. Much more. We shall be saved from what? From wrath through Him. Don't, don't let people say, there's an angry God coming back. He's coming back with wrath. You got to dodge it. If God comes back with wrath, do you really think you can dodge it? If he wants to get you, if he wants to get your attention, do you think a flaming dodgeball is going to miss you? You'd be like, whoo, got lucky on that one. And you're dodging these things. You're like, ha ha, God. That's how we think sometimes. It's dumb, isn't it? When you step back, you got to know that there's no more wrath for you. How's there no more wrath for you? we are look at the whole sentence, having now been justified. There's no more wrath for you because you've been justified by his blood. That's why it was so important. He came as a virgin or came from a virgin. Amen. He had to be born with blood that wasn't tainted by sin. And why? So that we could be justified. Isn't that beautiful? So when you read he was born of a virgin, don't just overread that thing, man. Don't just run through that thing. Sit there, meditate, thank him that by his blood we are justified. Because his blood is not sentated. Love it. Last two verses. Last three verses. Now it was written for his uh, now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Okay? Who was also delivered up. Now he's talking about Abraham. Abraham was 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 given righteousness. He, righteousness was imputed to him. It was by faith. But it wasn't just for him it was also for us. Right? Uh Who, oh, let me just read it again. I'm sorry. But also for us, it shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised Jesus up, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered up. Why was he delivered up? Because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. There it is again. I want you to know, Christ was delivered up because of our sin, but he was raised To justify us. Raised. His blood was shed. Blood was shed on the cross. He was raised. The whole reason that tomb is empty is because you now stand justified. When you see that empty tomb, you say, I'm justified. You see that empty tomb, you say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? You see that empty tomb, you say, there is therefore now no condemnation for me. Because he took it. You start to feel guilt from your past, shame from your past. You say, no, that's not for me. You picture that empty tomb. He was raised to justify me. If Jesus was still dead, you would be not justified. You would have no basis for anything. You would still be under law. But Jesus was raised from the dead to justify you. So if you think for one second that you're not justified, that your actions, that you whatever you do, however you fail, don't justify you, then you still have the mentality that Jesus didn't die for you. And that he's still in his sin, in our sin. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And that's the teaching that Satan has crept into the church. That you've got to confess your sin in order for God to forgive you. you got to confess it, confess it, confess it. Does the Bible say that? It says if we confess with our mouth, Jesus, and believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead. Justification, if we believe those two things, what does it say? We shall be saved. What about 1 John 1, 9? It's 12 o'clock. Come back next Sunday. (laughs) You guys know that's not meant for us, man. 1 John 1 9 is not meant for us. It was not written to believers. 1 John chapter 2 says, I write to you, dear children, because your sins are forgiven you. Nobody ever talks about that. They want to focus on 1 John 1 9. Right? For if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. 1 John chapter 1 was not written to believers. Anyway, that's the kickoff for our Christmas season. We're gonna see a lot of history this this uh, this this month in, in our in our sermons. If you guys have friends that you want to become and bring that you guys have heard these stories, how many of you guys have ever heard these and seen these and think and thought, Man, I wish so and so was here, right? You have an opportunity, you have three weeks. After that, we're shutting the doors. <laughs> Jesus is coming back on the twenty-sixth, people. you got three weeks to get them here, man. I'm not trying to put pressure on you, but people could go to hell. And we don't want that. So bring them here. Are you guys blessed? Are you guys thankful? Are you guys loved? Are you guys justified? Amen. Stand up and give a hand to the one who made you all those things. He made you all those things. Just remember, church, you're not trying to be justified. You are justified. You're not trying to be forgiven. You are forgiven. You're not trying to be healed. You are healed. All those things we think we have to try to do, Jesus took care of it for us. Amen? He took care of all of it for us. You are perfectly and wonderfully made right where you are. Right as you are. Don't look at yourself from a human standpoint and think, man, I fail all the time. I I actually said those words last night when I couldn't fix something. I was like, man, everything I touch... Sucks, didn't I? I said that, and what she didn't say anything because she knew I knew. <laughs> if she, I was waiting for her to say something. Amen, husbands. You cocked and loaded. Like I hope she says, because I'm the fact that she didn't say it is in the Bible. She will win him over without having to say word. I hate that. It is so hard. So hard. Anyway, you know I don't hate that verse, right? Don't send an email. It's Christmas. Give me something. Construct it. I'm going to bring Pastor up because I could do this all day, literally. So uh, I think I have plans to go eat somewhere, right? Amen? And if anybody wants to buy, get with my wife right after church. If you need counseling, I mean. I'll be there. Um, I am thankful that Jesus has uh, give, given us this opportunity. Dwayne, I'm very, I sent him a message. I'm very thankful for Pastor Dwayne. If you guys are, please give him a round of applause. Him and his family. That that God brought both of us together, right? His talent is beyond measure, and God has given us a word that we can speak together. We have one mind, right? We believe what we say. We do. We believe it. And and, and it's the good news that 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 people need to hear they want to hear and I'm just I just wanted to say in front of everybody that that's one of the things I'm very thankful for is is for Jesus bringing Dwayne into my life uh, and it happened in Palaka. Amen. So God can do some stuff in places you think he doesn't do stuff. <laughs> Amen. Anybody from Palaka? I'm sorry, it's a joke. <laughs> but we did meet in Palatka. Yeah. But he's going to pray us out. Uh yeah. if you have a prayer or if you have a prayer need uh, like, like, like Mr. Dennis did last week, uh, man, there's power in this oil down here, guys. We can pray over you and we will have people lay hands on you and, 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 uh, the, and, and the Lord will, will, will manifest through, through his words because he speaks scripture, right? When he speaks and when he prays and, and, and we've seen healings in this church. Amen? Amen. That's something I used to be afraid to say. No, I've seen it. I've seen it. It's unbelievable. And if that's you, we'd love to pray with you. If you got some family things going on, if you got some, uh, marital things going on, if you've got some concerns about your future going on, man, let us pray a word of encouragement over you. Amen? Amen. If you're looking for a church, most of you guys I've seen, I love it. We're we we have uh, we have we have talked over and over and over again. They're, these guys have been here since Kelly and I have been here. Say hi. The Mike and Candace. They're not even officially members of the church. Oh did y'all finally do it? You did? You finally did it. Thanks. anybody else not an official member of the church? You've been coming here for about a year, right? See, but we love to have a record. This—it's all for Miss Kathy. <laughs> Come and sign the paper. Come and sign the paper. I'm just joking. We'd love to have a record of you, um, if you if you want to be a part of our church. This is who we are. It's what we believe. It, more importantly, guys, if you don't know who Jesus is, man, let us pray that prayer of you. It—it it doesn't take all afternoon. It literally we Pastor Dwayne, we 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 pray this prayer. It's God made it so simple. Religion jacked it up. All you can all you have to do is pray. You don't have to come down here to be saved. There's nothing down here that saves you at the end of a church service. It's what you say that saves you. Amen? Amen. So if that's you, pray that prayer. I would love to pray that prayer with you and have that opportunity. But right now we're gonna let
1: Pastor Dwayne bless us on our way out. Do not forget the Christmas party. Well, we'll have next Sunday. Also, before I pray, um, for those who are a part of our uh, Living Covenant um, Children's Church, nursery workers, ushers, greeters, um, worship team, am I missing anybody else? I think that's it. We're having lunch today at BJ's. It's our appreciation lunch, so please come, bring your families. Uh, we've already mm-hmm. made provision for you. We will have the back room uh, back oh, there, please. so yeah so so come and break bread with us and allow us to show us uh, show you guys our appreciation today my wife and my daughters have have labored over the past few days to make some sweet little gifts for you guys too so and please if you see noah running around his birthday is uh,
0: on the fifth of this month i forgot to lift him up because i was it's,
1: it was more about me than him <laughs> so if you see noah he's back there tell him happy birthday thank you guys <laughs> All right let's pray Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to come together today. Thank you, Father, for uh, just an opportunity to just worship you today, Father, in the the presence of of a body of believers, God, who are trusting you and believing you, Father, according to your word, according to your promise. Thank you, Father, for the great love uh, that you continue to demonstrate and show us every single day, Father. Thank you for that love that you've put in our hearts, God, so that we can, in turn, uh, share it with others, God. Thank you for the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for equipping us with it, putting it in our hearts, putting it in our mouths, Father, that we can also share that, Father, so that many more would would be saved and receive, Father, the, the greatest gift of all, which is your son, Jesus. And so, Father, we bless you. We thank you uh, for going before us, making our path straight, and causing us to prosper in all things, even in our health, just as our souls prosper. Father, we bless you and thank you In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Amen. We are dismissed.